The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can always hop online to schedule an appointment at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. That's GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Today's show, I am I'm excited about today's show. Today, we are going to talk about second mountain living. Now, that might not make a whole lot of sense right now, but I read a book more recently that was called The Second Mountain by David Brooks. If you've never read this, I will tell you something that's very interesting. I do have a book of uh, reads, right? So I see a friend who's like, I love, just finished this great book. I'll add it onto my list. So I have this list. And when I finish a book, most of the time they're on Audible because you may or may not know this about myself, but I have three small children. So sitting down to physically read a book, very hard. Getting in the car, driving to and from, you know, you'd be surprised how much you're actually in the car when you start to listen to podcasts and books. You say, goodness, oh, this book is eight hours long. You're like, that sounds like a long time. And then you finish it and you're like, that that wasn't that long. Anyways, so I have a list of books. This book never made that list. And here's how it ended up being read. I was listening to a podcast. And during this podcast, the uh, interviewer was asking someone, and he would always ask, you know, what? What, what, it was a Tim Ferriss podcast. Uh, what is a book that you've read recently that has changed your life or has made an impact? And this individual said, The Second Mountain by David Brooks. I thought, interesting, I'd never heard of it. A couple weeks later, I was uh, at church and our pastor was talking and he said, yes, I just read a book and it was about The Second Mountain. And um, I was like, oh, interesting that's twice and then a week or two later I was at a coffee shop and I look over and there was a man reading a book and lo and behold guess what book he was reading (laughs) it was the second mountain by David Brooks and so at that point God the universe whatever could like I hear you received that will be the next one on the list and that is actually how uh the second mountain ended up making my read list so What was interesting, too, is that I started reading this book. The more I read it, the more I'm like, goodness, this resonates so much with me. And I feel as if I want to share this with people. And so a couple months back, I was asked to speak 
at one of our large seminars. So there's typically about 1,300 individuals, uh, whether it be doctors, chiropractic assistants, students, guests who come. So I had the opportunity to speak in front of 1300 people opportunity is questionable I took it it makes me uh, you guys you want to know a fun fact about me uh I hate public speaking <laughs> like absolutely terrified of it T- terrified um and but I made a commitment to myself over a decade ago that I felt like every time I did this it forced me to step outside of my comfort zone and I would grow so every time they asked me to speak I begrudgingly, with a very large smile, say, absolutely. And in my heart, I'm like, no. Oh, it's like the worst. <sighs> but they asked me back, so I always say yes. But that's being said, you know, so I was able to, to share some of this book, too, with 1,300 individuals. And so I, wa- I want you, like you've been listening, and this is one I was actually chatting with my radio producer earlier about what I should talk about today. And I I kind of made mention of this book. And he said, you know, I really like this idea because every time I think that you should do like a stress or a mindset, you always say, no, I think that's probably too boring. <laughs> it's just hard for me to have like content for a full hour of like, hi, don't be stressed. And you're like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, Leanne, don't be stressed. And I'm like, that's easier said than done. I'm like, how hypocritical that I'm over here stressing about all this stuff. And then I'm like, yeah, just don't stress. Have a good mindset. <laughs> Pray more about it. As I do, I'm praying about it. I'm still stressed. So you're like, there's an hour. So yeah, so today this is one like I really want to focus in on a couple things. One, I want to focus in on what is, you know, if we talk about obtaining and achieving this uh, mindset of second mountain living, it implies that there's a first mountain. So I want to go through first mountain, what that mindset is, how we got there as a society, what that means to transition from first mountain to second mountain living. Like I want you to feel inspired and empowered. And I want you, I want it to trigger thought. And that's if I'm, if I'm talking about nutrition, if we're talking about detox, if we're talking about exercise, all the things that we do, my goal is to help trigger thought, right? I want you to start thinking differently about your health. I, uh, we'll get into some news in a second, but I have a friend who, uh, social media or whatever, and her like little tag name or something is, uh, something in regards to raising weirdos. (laughs) And I never really thought anything about it until she had posted the other day what it meant about raising weirdos. And I was like, yes, this, this is what we want. Like, we always say when people are like, oh, that's, that's weird. That's odd. And I'm like, I don't want to be normal. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be normal for health. Five out of six Americans get diagnosed with heart disease or cancer in their lifetime. I don't want to be normal. You know, you look at the average person who, you know, leaves the earth, not serving a purpose or being fulfilled I don't if that's normal I don't want to be normal I want to be weird I'll embrace that weird and I want to raise a bunch of weirdos when it comes to it and so you know that's that's the perspective of making that lifestyle and that mindset change is just I want you to look at and see things differently so before we touch base on that I want to talk about some news (music) 
Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. Today's Health in the News, we are talking about vitamin D and fish oil supplements may help prevent autoimmune disease. What, what? Uh, So they talk about taking daily vitamin D and fish oil supplements may help protect older adults from developing autoimmune disease, such as rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, thyroid disease, polymyalgia rheumatica, which is an inflammatory disease that causes muscle pain and stiffness in shoulders and hips, a new study found. People aged 50 and older taking 2,000 IUs, which is IUs are international units, of vitamin D3 for over five years had a 22% lower relative rate of confirmed autoimmune diagnosis, said study author Karen Kostenbatter. (laughs) a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School in the Division of Rheumatology, Inflammation, and Immunity, and the director of Lupus Program. She's got quite the extensive, geez. Uh, that dosage, uh, the 2,000 IUs of vitamin D3, is two to three times the recommended daily dose of vitamin D for adults, which is 600 IUs. Um, I've always seen 400, uh, which is 600 I use for people, oh, up to 69 and 800 for those who are 70 and up, according to the National Institute of Health. Once people have been taking vitamin D for at least two years, the prevention rate from autoimmune disease rose to 39%, according to a study published Wednesday in the journal BMJ. The study also found a possible link between taking 1,000 milligrams of omega-3 fatty acid, fish oil, and a reduction in autoimmune disorders, Um, uh, but the association was not statistically significant until possible cases of autoimmune diseases, not just confirmed cases, were factored into the analysis. However, the study did find that taking both vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acid supplements versus placebo alone decreased autoimmune disease by 30%. Goes on to talk about vitamin D toxicity, which, so vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin. So unlike water-soluble vitamins, which the body can easily eliminate, think like B vitamins, right? You take B vitamins and then your pee looks neon-colored. It's because it's a water-soluble vitamin your body's getting. It's taking what it needs and it's getting rid of what it doesn't. Where vitamin D is one that your body stores in its fat. So when the skin is exposed to sunshine uh, or they eat food that's fortified with it, which what kind of food are you eating that's food? <laughs> then the recommendations on what you should take would change. Levels do drop older in age, um, but Dr. Kostenbatter said, I would say everyone should ta- talk to their doctor first before taking 2,000 IUs um, on top of whatever else you're taking. I.e., you know, you can actually go and have just a – You can get labs done if you're going through your annual labs. You can ask your primary care physician, hey, I'd like to run a vitamin D panel. Or, I mean, even in the office, we have finger spots. It's just a little finger prick like you would do if you were testing blood for a diabetic. And you fill a couple circles and it it tells us what the numbers are. And then we give you recommendations. 
because prior research has shown that both vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acids derived from seafood can have a positive effect on inflammation and immunity in autoimmune disorders, Kostenbatter decided to use the same trial to investigate whether the supplements might prevent such diseases. Autoimmune occurs when the body's natural defense system suddenly sees normal cells as invaders and begins destroying those cells by mistake. In rheumatoid arthritis, for example, the immune system attacks the lining of joints, creating inflammation, swelling, and pain. With psoriasis, overactive T cells, which are among the body's best defenders, cause inflammation that creates raised scaly patches on the skin. In type 1 diabetes, the body's defenders destroy the insulin-producing cells of the pancreas, even when there's some evidence that shows that inflammation through the body might be part of the progression of type 2 diabetes. So they obviously go on to say, you know, this is really good. Um, the study that they did, I was a little bit impressed by. So the study analyzed... 25,871 men and women aged 50 and older who are participating in VITAL, V-I-T-A-L, it's all caps, I don't know what it stands for, uh, which is a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled research study. So uh, at the five years into the research, the study could not uh, tease apart which of the 80 or more autoimmune diseases might have benefited from vitamin D or fish oil. They say research is continuing. The study is now in its seventh year and more data should be released in the future. So when in doubt, get sunshine and some good, healthy, wild omega-3 fatty acids may help. When we come back, we're going to break down first mountain living, mindset, heart, purpose. We'll talk about it next. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Here's Dr. Leanne. Glorious, glorious, got a chance to start again. I was born for this, born for this. It's who I am, I could have forget. I made it through the darkest part of the night. And now I see the sunrise. Now I feel glorious. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Today, we're doing a little bit of mindset. Now, I'm always a little bit concerned because I feel like people are going to be like, ew, I don't want to think about that. And they're going to they're going to check out. But I will tell you that there is something that is magnificent. And there's a reason why I was led to this book. And the book that I'm going to talk about is The Second Mountain, Second Mountain Living uh, by David Brooks. It's a book that I read just a couple months ago. And now when you talk about like our goal in terms of life should ideally be to achieve this second mountain living. Now, in order for us to achieve second mountain living, it implies that there's a first mountain. <laughs> so when we talk about first mountain, 
first mountain living is finding happiness through personal fulfillment, right? So this is the idea of the pursuit of happiness. Like what do we see in the United States in order, like, are you happy? And they would say, well, yes, I'm happy. And they say, well, why are you happy? And they would say, well, I um, make this much money and I have these goals and here are my dreams. And this is, you know, my marriage and my kids and all of these things, right? First mountain living happiness is based on personal achievement. What's really interesting is that they talk about this personal achievement and like where it started. And so they referenced back that this started after World War II, that when people came back, their rights were for individual rights and freedoms. But then that that aspect, like it never, it never stopped. It continued onto this hyper individualistic society, which now what I see that is, is the um, like the selfie culture, right? You have to think like, it's all about me and oh my gosh, and this and that. It's like, it's me, 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 me. And the problem is with a lot of this is that people feel like they're not fulfilled when they have this. Because candidly, most of the time, you were created for more. Like in this, this first mountain living is for order for me to be happy, I must go achieve things for myself, right? So again, that brings us back to like my goals and my dreams and my house and my car. And like, I have to do all of this for me, 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 me. It's a mountain made of me's. But again, right, when we have, and this is, they didn't actually talk about this in the book, but it really made me think is that. When we have this climb up the first mountain, this is kind of where I foresee people get to the top of this first mountain and they have their quote unquote midlife crisis, right? Like you, you look at this individual and you say, what happened? They had the job they had the spouse they had the kids they had the car they had the like they had all of these things like what happened and in truly I believe is because when they got to that point they got to an aspect where they didn't feel full because there was no purpose right you get to that and you're like well what's what's the purpose Now, and this is the other thing, too, is that oftentimes people will say, you know, I'm just trying to get by. I'm trying to make my rent. I can't. I I don't know if I can do Second Mountain. But so Second Mountain, right? Let's talk about Second Mountain. Second Mountain is about finding joy through serving others. This is a climb up the Second Mountain that comes with surrender of self. And so sometimes people think like, I can't, I can't get serving others. This is when you look at, um, when you look at Second Mountain, it's purposeful. It's deep seated, right? Like these, uh, it's unrelenting would be another word I would use. Like this is the one. And so sometimes people think like, I can't, well, I can't move 
to the second mountain until I conquer the first, right? Like once I have a million dollars to my name, once I've paid off my house, once I've done, you know, accomplished this, then I can move to the second mountain. And that's, that's truly not how the second mountain works. It's truly not how the second mountain works. What was so interesting is that when I was, I was looking more at, at kind of a, you know, cause this book, the second mountain by David Brooks was written a, a while ago, right? So well before like pandemic and, and all that stuff. Well, so I was trying t- to figure out more of like a relatable story through this. And so here is very interesting. Um, most people have heard of the movie or remember the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Remember? So the basis of that story is that Will Smith played a character, Chris Gardner. Chris Gardner was a single homeless dad. Chris was in and out of homeless shelters. The only way that they could eat is if a kitchen was open, like a, a meal kitchen, soup kitchen. And he said he remembers one of the low points in his life was when he was with his son sleeping in a train station bathroom. So, um, now, and I don't, and let me tell you this, like I, one, it's been a very long time since I've seen the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. So this is actually the real story of Chris Gardner. Chris Gardner, again, is the, the real life person that Will Smith played in the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. So if you've seen the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness, and you say, Dr. Leanne, that's not how the movie goes. Cool. I'm telling you the actual story of Chris Gardner. So Chris Gardner... Uh, by chance one day was out and he saw this really, really nice like red Ferrari and he saw the owner walk up and he asked the owner, what do you do? And he said, I'm in, I'm in finance. I'm a stockbroker. They got to chatting, met the next day for lunch and the stockbroker said, hey, I would love to see if you can get an interview at my company. He got the interview and um, Chris got the job for an unpaid internship which is not helpful. So after he got off of this unpaid internship, he did odd and end jobs for for whatever, mowing the lawns just so he could create enough money so that his son could have someone watch him during the day while he was at this unpaid internship. He worked so hard that uh, about a year afterwards, he got hired on for an actual paid position. Uh, he made his first million by the time he was 35, blew up they he was one of the fastest self-made millionaires i think they said he was making like 80 million dollars just like one of the top at the time and that's the story of the pursuit of happiness interesting right well here's what most people don't know is that about six or seven years after they created this film chris gardner his wife at the age of 55 years old got diagnosed with terminal cancer and as she was on her deathbed she looked at her husband Chris and said now that you know that life is so short what are you going to do to make the most out of yours and he said I'm done and he sold his company and now what he does is he is traveling around the world hundreds of days throughout every year speaking to individuals about how they have the purpose and the power and the ability to not stay where they currently are he said if that was true 
and I could never move out, I would still be a homeless, uh, drunken, uh, like abusive dad is what, like the words that he used. Right? And he was like, no, absolutely. And he said, I know that others have purpose and I can speak that life into them. And so he like graduated his second mountain or first mountain and said, I want, I want to do something that gives me purpose and fills joy. Now, oftentimes, again, people have that, you know, how do I, how do I get to that point? And so it's interesting about one of the things they talked about in the book, The Second Mountain by David Brooks is how you get to the second mountain. And sometimes it's a choice that we make. And other times it's something that pushes us in that direction. What does that mean? I always think about uh, mad moms, mothers against drunk drivers, You know, they've got this purpose where they go out and they do education and they do talks and they'll speak to the community and do all these things. Why? Because likely they had a loved one who was taken by a drunk driving accident. Or if you have like a loved one who had a certain diagnosis. Uh, I have a friend of mine who her niece, when she was eight years old, got diagnosed with brain cancer. So they did a lot of research to figure out what caused this brain cancer. And one of the things that they traced it back to is that where she slept in her room at home, as well as the classroom at their school, had an incredibly high amount of EMF, electromagnetic frequency. And so those waves, they traced back to one of the primary reasons why she developed this brain cancer. They fought a good fight. Inevitably, that cancer took her life. I think she was eight or nine years old. And so now, you know, her dad, so my um, friend's brother-in-law, have dedicated their life to education of others about EMFs, what they are, frequency if you guys have listened to my show for any I had her on the show oh my gosh probably like five six seven years that was a while ago right but like just that education point is that she's like if that's one less person that has to go through that if that's one more person who knows about what to look for like that like my purpose is filled you know and sometimes it's just one that we have to take that step back and evaluate a little bit deeper so when we come back We're going to touch a little bit more on second mountain living, what that means, how to achieve it. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne.
Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com if you'd like to schedule an appointment to come in and see us. Today, we are talking and making a shift, right? Our shift is we usually talk about nutrition and well, really, we have five essentials, right, with Max Living? Max, Max Mind, Max Nutrition, Max Nerve Supply, uh, Minimize Toxin, Maximize Oxygen and Lean Muscle, right? So we've got all of these wonderful things. And we talk a lot about nutrition and detoxification, all the... And I just will often steer away from more like stress and mindset. I don't know. I just, for some reason, I don't want to say I feel like it's not interesting, but (laughs) it's sometimes hard to come up with an hour of content. So more recently, I read a book called The Second Mountain by David Brooks. And just to fill you in if you're just tuning in. So the first mountain talks more about um, achieving success through personal fulfillment. So first mountain has this hyper individualistic approach about, you know, it's all about how much money I make, my goals, my dreams. This is one where we see a lot of um, I am who they say I am. This is reputation management. When we move on to the second mountain, now the second mountain is where we realize that we were created for more. We were made and created for something deeper that's outside of yourself. This is um, about finding joy through serving others. This is another one too when we talk about finding joy. It always kind of hits home a little bit. I had a a friend who passed away March of 2020 from cervical cancer. And in the years before she passed, she opened up a, a non-for-profit called Spread Joy CC. And it's all about spreading joy to others. And that was when, you know, she got to that point, she realized, like, I, I made for more. I want to spread joy to others. And that's where she started that. And so I thought it's just so amazing. We talk about spreading joy and, and being purposeful. Um, There's a story that they had told in this book. And it was about a hospital janitor. There was a, a patient who was a young man who got into a fight and he was uh, not conscious. And they, they didn't really, nothing really looked great that this, uh, this boy would ever come out of a coma. And so there was a hospital janitor. And every day he would go in and clean this boy's room and come out. His dad, the patient's dad, was always there on a daily basis, silent vigil, day in and day out. And... One day, the dad went out for smoke. He went out to have a cigarette. And the janitor came in, cleaned this boy's room, and left. And as he was walking down the hall, he encountered this patient's dad. 
And the dad said, what do you think you're doing to the janitor? And the janitor said, well, I mean, I'm moving on. I just clean your son's room. And he was like, you didn't clean my son's room. And what they said is when they interviewed this janitor, this hospital janitor, the janitor said, well, I could have a couple responses. He said one response, which would be a first mountain response, would be to tell that dad, no, I cleaned the room. You just missed it because you were out having a smoke. Or the second mountain response, which, right, and that first mountain response of, hey, I just cleaned the room, go check it out yourself. Right, That first mountain response is because he saw his job, he saw his purpose as cleaning a room. If, if, if you have that same person and you change that mindset and you say, hey, my job is not necessarily to clean hospital rooms. My job is to help serve patients in their family at a time of need. If that's what you see your purpose as, then, and you know what he did? He went back in and cleaned the room again. And he said, I went back in and cleaned the room again because that is what that dad needed at that time. And what I think is so interesting about this is because, again, sometimes we get into this mindset of like, well, I've got to be able to get this amount of money or this into my retirement or buy this tangible thing, right? That mountain of me, the first mountain living in order to, to say that. But that janitor could have had $10 or $10 million in his bank account. And that had no bearing on how he responded to that statement. And so what was so interesting and very humbling to me as I, as I read through this book is that I, I feel as if, right, so this is like a vulnerable moment I'm going to share. Like I feel as if I have, I have reached part of that second mountain, right? Maybe not obtained the entire of it. But I feel like I've reached that. I feel like I have a purpose. I feel like I have a calling. And what made that so humbling is I took a step back and thought if I was that janitor, what would my response have been? And I can tell you with 100% certainty, it would have been first mountain. I clean the room, go check it out. I'm not doing it again. How humbling. <laughs> and so it's not, and I, and I think that's the other aspect too, is sometimes we think, you know, how, how, how do we get to that? And does it have to be something big that happens? Or it could be, you know, a sustained shift over time. Like, what does, what does that look like? And so that was the other part too, is as I feel like if you were to say, you know, we're, we're all here to win our race. Like God put us on here. You can, what, but we have a purpose here. So if you were to ask me what my purpose is, I feel like at this point in my life, I know, I know what my purpose is, but it hasn't been, you know, we talked a little bit off air about you know what that looked like and if there was a moment for me that I realized like this is my passion and this is my calling and this is my purpose and it and I don't I don't I don't have that thing (laughs) I don't I don't I've you know I've shared with maybe maybe I haven't if not I'll share it with you now you know I'm always like why did I go to chiropractic school and I was like well I I was driving past and there's a lot of really super cute guys so I was like well if I don't want to be a chiropractor like maybe I'll find a husband and that is one of the reasons why I got started in chiropractic school also I had pre-medicine biology double major I knew I could get in right I'll go, I'll go for a year if 
I don't like it, I'll go another aspect. And, and, I, and I did. I liked it. Can't say I loved it. Can't say I was super passionate about it. And then like in practice, <laughs> I look back on practice. You know, we just did our like this big 10-year anniversary celebration. We highlighted all of these people who had been in our practice for nine or 10 years. And, and I look back at them and I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I thought I had it together. I thought I knew what I was doing what I was talking about. I don't. 20 years in, I'm sure I'll look back at 10 years thinking that I've mastered some things and I have a grasp and bearing. I'm going to look back after I'm in practice for 20 years and I'm going to think, <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing 10 years in, you know? But here's, here's the aspect where, here's the aspect where my mindset shifted is that, you know, we talk a lot about like headaches, neck pain and back pain, which is good. Like it's nice to see people <laughs> like not have headaches, neck pain and back pain. Like that's always great. It's fun. It's nice. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't bring me, it doesn't bring me fulfillment. It doesn't bring me purpose. One of my one of my first realizations in practice that this is bigger than headaches, neck pain, and back pain is I had a 15, 16 year old patient who was able to um, her her seizure stopped under chiropractic care. But they stopped for long enough that she was able to get her driver's license. And she was able to live like a like I can't imagine being 16 and not being able to drive. You know, I was like, oh, do you got do I have to get some milk? Oh, I think we there's a full gallon in there. I was like, oh, I better get some get some bread then. Are we out of butter? I, I don't see any butter. I'll go grab. But like, I just wanted to I wanted that freedom, you know, and to to be a teenager and not have that freedom. You know, someone says, hey, I don't have migraines anymore, and that's that's cool. But it was, it was a gentleman who would come in every day and say, hey, guess what today is? And every day, it's an ongoing joke. I would guess his birthday. Today's your birthday. No. Today I am four days migraine-free. He was, a, he was an engineer, so he refused to change anything else. Right? He's like, I want to know. Like, if I change my nutrition and I take supplements and I get adjusted, like, what helped me? And I'm like, but if your headaches go away, does it matter? He did not care. He's like, nope, I'm doing chiropractic and chiropractic only. And he did that for, like, the almost the first year. <laughs> And he's like, guess what today is? 67 days migraine-free. Guess what today is? 143 days migraine-free. And so again, like not living a life with migraines, that's wonderful. But he said, you know what? I get to spend more quality time with my wife now. He said so many times I would have to go upstairs during a Christmas party and I would miss the whole thing because I had such a bad migraine. I had a gentleman who was in his uh, late 60s, early 70s with some lower back pain. And I said, how, how are you doing? How was your weekend? And he's, this is a couple months ago. And he said, great. He said, do you know what I did this weekend? I said, what? He said, for the first time, I was able to go to the park with my grandkids. Like, I didn't say, I'll just meet you when you get back. Like, I went and I played and I, and I pushed them on the swings and I, and I did all those things. And it was the first time I was able to do that because I didn't have that pain. And so that, that is more so in my life where I realize when we're talking about obtaining, that is, you know, does it stink sometimes? Yes. Is it hard? Yes. Is it a commitment? Yes. One of the best things I read in that book was that commitment is making a promise to something without a reward. Commitment is making a promise to something without a reward. And so you, you get into that and you, you commit to it. And it's figuring out what does that look like for you? And so I guess what my 
what I want you to think about. I want to be thought triggering. I want to be encouraging. I want to instill in you. If you feel like you're on the first mountain, that you don't feel full or purposeful, it's not a like one switch, right? It just like turned on. You're like, I'm on the second mountain now, never going back. <laughs> you know, the climb is, is, you know, unrelenting. And there's going to be times that it pushes you back. You might be in the area that you don't know what your second mountain is. You just found out today you're on the first mountain, right? And you're like, I want, I want that deep-seated joy and purpose and fulfillment, right? Like that's where, that's what we were created for. It's just figuring out how we transition from that first mountain to the second mountain. And it might be something that you realize like, yes, or... The other aspect might be that you take a response. You take a situation or a scenario and you think, what would be my first mountain response? And what may be a second mountain response? I, sh- I shared with this, like, right, as, as chiropractors, people ask questions about insurance and we make all of these things and like, oh, I didn't go to chiropractic school to check and answer insurance questions. You know what that does? It allows someone to get rid of their migraines. It allows someone to to lessen their back, to do those things that they can explore life. I tell people all the time, life is so short. Life always goes on without you, but it's making sure we have a quality life while we're here. And that's about not only through yourself, but serving others. Now imagine if we could take that society too and transition it over to where you could just get a, a glimpse of that we're all on second mountain living. Like, what would that look like differently? You can't change others. You can only change yourself. And so when we put that love and that joy and that focus there on serving others and blessing others and, and having that, like, it changes your inner being too. Changes who you are, who that deep-seated person is. So my thought for you as we close out for today, if you haven't read it, it's a great book. The Second Mountain. It's called The Second Mountain by David Brooks. The Second Mountain. Um, it's a good read. It gives you more examples. You can, but if nothing more than that, this hyper-individualistic thought process and mindset of it's all about me, just change that to finding joy through serving others. Your life will completely change. So look forward to next week. Appreciate you tuning in today. Always remember that your power is on. Your power is on.